Chapter One of the Prelude to Adventure by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One, Last Chapter. One, there is a God after all. That was the immense conviction that faced him as he heard slowly, softly, the leaves, the twigs settle themselves after that first horrid crash which the clumsy body had made alva doon stood for an instant straight and stiff his arms heavily at his side and the dank misty wood slipped back once more into silence there was about him now the most absolute stillness some trees dripped in the mist far above him on the top of the hill the little path showed darkly below him in the hollow black masses of fern and weed lay heavily under the chill november air at his feet there was the body in that sudden after silence he had known beyond any question that might ever again arise that there was now a god god had watched him with grave eyes with hands that did not tremble he surveyed and then bending touched the body he knelt in the damp heavy soil tore open the waistcoat the shirt the flesh was yet warm to his touch the heart was still carfax was dead it had happened so instantly first that great hulking figure in front of him the sneering laugh that last sentence let her rot my dear dune your chivalry does you credit then that black blinding surging rage and the blow that followed he did not know what he had intended to do it did not matter only in the force that there had been in his arm there had been the accumulated hatred of years hatred that dated from that first term at school thirteen years ago when he had known carfax for the dirty hypocrite that he was he could not stay now to think of the many things that had led to this climax he only knew that as he raised himself again from the body there was with him no feeling of repentance no suggestion of fear only a grim satisfaction that he had struck so hard and above all that lightning certainty that he had had of god his brain was entirely alert he did not doubt as he stood there that he would be caught and delivered and hanged he himself would take no steps to prevent such a catastrophe he would leave the body there as it was to-night to-morrow they would find it the rest would follow he was indeed acutely interested in his own sensations why was it that he felt no fear where was the terror that followed as he had so often heard upon murder why was it that the dominant feeling in him should be that at last he had justified his existence in that furious blow there had leapt within him the creature that he had always been the creature subdued restrained but always there there through all this civilized existence the creature that his father was that his grandfather that all his ancestors had been he looked down the hulking body that had been carfax made a hollow in the wet and broken fern the face was white stupid the cheeks hanging fat horrible the eyes staring 
one leg was twisted beneath the body still in the air there seemed to linger that startled little cry oh surprise wonder and then fading miserably into nothing as the great body fell such a huge hulking brute now so sordid and useless looking at last after all these years the thing that it ought always to have looked some money had rolled from the pocket and lay shining amongst the fern a gold ring glittered on the white finger seeming in the heart of that silence the only living note then olva remembered his dog where was he he turned and saw the fox terrier down on all fours amongst the fern motionless his tongue out his eyes gazing with animal inquiry at his master the dog was waiting for the order to continue the walk he seemed in his passivity merely to be resting a little exhausted perhaps by the heavy closeness of the day too indolent to nose amongst the leaves for possible adventure olva looked at him the dog caught the look and beat the grass with his tail soft friendly taps to show that he only waited for orders then still idly still with that air of gentle amusement the dog gazed at the thing in the grass he rose slowly and very delicately advanced a few steps for an instant some fear seemed to strike his heart for he stopped suddenly and gazed into his master's face for reassurance what he saw there comforted him again he wagged his tail placidly and half closed his eyes in sleepy indifference then olva without another backward glance left the hollow crashed through the fern up the hill and struck the little brown path bunker the dog pattered patiently behind him two olva dune was twenty-three years of age he was of spanish descent and it was only within the last two generations that english blood had mingled with the dune stock he was of no great height slim and dark his hair was black his complexion sallow and on his upper lip he wore a small dark moustache his ears were small his mouth thin his chin sharply pointed but his eyes large dark brown were his best feature they were eyes that looked as though they held in their depths the possibility of tenderness he walked as an athlete there was no spare flesh about him anywhere and in his carriage there was a dignity that had in it pride of birth complete self-possession and above all contempt for his fellow-creatures he despised all the world save only his father he had gone through his school life and was now passing through his college life as a man travels through a country that has for him no interest and no worth but that may lead once it has been traversed to something of importance and adventure he was now at the beginning of his second year at cambridge and was regarded by every one with distrust admiration excitement he was one of the more interesting personalities at that time in residence at saul's he had come with a historical scholarship and a great reputation as a three-quarter from rugby he was considered to be a certain first class and a certain rugby blue he lazily and indifferently during the course of his first term discouraged both these anticipations he attended no lectures received a third class in his may examinations and was deprived of his scholarship at the end of his first year 
he played brilliantly in the freshman's rugby match but so indolently in the first university match of the season that he was not invited again had he played merely badly he would have been given a second trial but his superior insolence was considered insulting he never played in any college matches nor did he trouble to watch any of their glorious conflicts once and again he produced an essay for his tutor that astonished that gentleman very considerably but when called before the dean for neglecting to attend lectures explained that he was studying the later roman empire and could not possibly attend to more than one thing at a time he was perfectly friendly to every one and it was curious that with his air of contempt for the world in general he had made no enemies he wondered at that himself on occasions he had always been supposed for instance to be very good friends with carfax he had of course always hated carfax and now carfax was dead the little crooked path soon left the dark wood and merged into the long white cambridge road the flat country was veiled in mist only like a lantern above a stone wall the sun was red over the lower veils of white that rose from the sodden fields some trees started like spies along the road overhead where the mists were faint the sky showed the faintest of pale blue the long road rang under oliver's step it would be a frosty night when the little wood was now a black ball in the mist oliver was suddenly sick he leant against one of the dark mysterious trees and was wretchedly horribly ill slowly then the colour came back to his cheeks his hands were once more steady he could see again clearly he addressed the strange world about him the long flat fields the dark white road the orange sun that is the last time he said aloud the last weakness he definitely braced himself to face life there would not be much of it to-morrow he would be arrested meanwhile there should be no more of these illusions there was for instance the illusion that the body was following him bounding grotesquely along the hard road he knew that again and again he turned his head to see whether anything were there and the further the little wood was left behind the nearer did the body seem to be he must not allow himself to think these things carfax was dead carfax was dead carfax was dead it was a good thing that carfax was dead he had saved he hoped rose midget that at any rate he had done it was a good thing for rose midget that he had killed carfax he had incidentally no interest on his own account in rose midget he scarcely knew her by sight but it was pleasant to think that she would be no longer worried then there was that question about god now the river appeared darkly dimly below the road the reeds rising spire-like towards the faint blue sky that question about god alva had never believed in any kind of a god his father had defied god and the devil time and again and had been none the worse for it and yet here and there about the world people lived and had their being to whom this question of god was a vital question people like bunning and his crowd mad the whole lot of them nevertheless there was something there that had great power 
that had until to-day been olva's attitude an amused superior curiosity now it was a larger question there had been that moment after carfax had fallen a moment of intense silence and in that moment something had spoken to olva it is a fact as sure as concrete as though he himself could remember words and gesture there had been something there brushing this for an instant aside he faced next the question of his arrest there was no one save his father for whom he need think he would send his father word saying i have killed a beast fairly in the open that would be all he would not be hanged poison would see to that dunes had murdered raped tortured never had they died on the gallows and now for the first time the suspicion crossed his mind that perhaps after all he might escape escape at any rate that order of punishment here on this desolate road he had met no living soul the mists encompassed him and they had now swallowed the dripping wood and all that it contained it had always been supposed that he was good friends with carfax as good friends as he allowed himself to be with any one no one had known in which direction he would take his walk he had come upon carfax entirely by chance it might quite naturally be supposed that some tramp had attempted robbery to the world at large olva could have had no possible motive but for the moment these thoughts were dismissed it seemed to him just now immaterial whether he lived or died life had not hitherto been so wonderful a discovery that the making of it had been entirely worth while he had no tenor of disgrace his father was his only court of appeal and that old rocky sinner sitting alone with his proud spirit and his gray hairs in his northern fastness hating and despising the world would himself slay had he the opportunity as many men of the carfax kind as he could find he had no terror of pain he did not know what that kind of fear was the dunes had always faced death but he began dimly now to perceive that there were larger crueler issues before him than these material punishments he had known since he was a tiny child a picture by some spanish painter whose name he had forgotten that had always hung on the wall of the passage opposite his bedroom it was a large engraving in sharply contrasted black and white of a knight who rode through mists along a climbing road up into the heart of towering hills the mountains had an active life in the picture they seemed to crowd forward eager to swallow him beside the spectre horse that he rode there was no other life the knight's face white beneath his black helmet was tired and worn about him was the terror of loneliness from his earliest years this idea of loneliness had pleasantly seized upon olva's mind his father had always impressed upon him that the dunes had ever been lonely lonely in a world that was contemptible he had always until now accepted this idea and found it confirmed on every side his six years at rugby had encouraged him he had despised with his tolerant smile boys and masters alike all insincere all weak all to be used if he wanted them as he chose to use them he had thought often of the lonely night that indeed should be his attitude to the world 
but now suddenly as the scattered cambridge houses with their dull yellow lights began to creep stealthily through the mist upon the road he knew for the first time that loneliness could be terrible he was hurrying now although he had not formerly been conscious of it hurrying into the lights and comforts and noise of the town there might only be for him now a night and day of freedom but during that time he must not he must not be alone the patter of bunker's feet beside him pleased him bunker was now a fact of great importance to him and now he could see further he could see that he must always now from the consciousness of the thing that he had done be alone the actual moment of striking his blow had put an impassable gulf between his soul and all the world bodies might touch hands might be grasped voices ring together always now his soul must be alone only that something of whose presence he had been in that instant aware could keep his company they too they too the suburbs of cambridge had closed upon him those dreary little streets empty as it seemed of all life facing him sullenly with their sodden little yellow lamps shivering grumbling he could fancy in the chill of that november evening eyed him with suspicion he walked through them now with his shoulders back his head up he could fancy how to-morrow their dull placidity would be wrung by the discovery of the crime the little wood would fling its secret into the eager lap of these decrepit witches they would crowd to their doors chatter it shout it pull it to pieces body of an undergraduate body of an undergraduate he turned out of their cold silence over the bridge that spanned the river up the path that crossed the common into the heart of the town here at once he was in the hubbub the little streets were medieval in their narrow space in their cobbles in the old black fantastic walls that hung above them beauty too on this november evening shone through the misty lamplight beauty in the dark purple of the evening sky beauty in the sudden vista of grey courts with lighted windows like eyes seen through stone gateways beauty in the sudden golden shadows of some corner shop glittering through the mist beauty in the overshadowing of the many towers that were like grey clouds in mid-air the little streets chattered with people undergraduates in norfolk jackets grey flannel trousers short enough to show the brightest of socks walked arm in arm voices rang out men called across the streets hansoms rattled like little whirlwinds along the cobbles many bells were ringing dark bodies leaning from windows gave uncouth cries over it all the mellow lamplight into this happy confusion olva doon plunged he shook off from him as a dog shakes water from his back the memory of that white mist-haunted road once he deliberately faced the moment when he had been sick faced it heard once again the dull lumbering sound that the body had made as it bundled along the road and then put it from him altogether now for battle his dark eyes challenged this shifting cloud of life he went round to the stable where bunker was housed chattered with the blue-chinned ostler and then for a moment was alone with the dog 
how much had bunker seen how much had he understood was it fancy or did the dog crouch the tiniest impulse away from him as he bent to pat him bunker was tired he relapsed onto his haunches wagged his tail grinned but in his eyes there seemed although the lamplight was deceptive to be the faintest shadow of an apprehension good old dog good old bunker bunker wagged his tail but the tiniest shiver passed like a thought through his body olva left him as he passed through the streets he met men whom he knew they nodded or flung a greeting how strange to think that to-morrow night they would be speaking of him in low grave voices as one who was already dead i knew the fellow quite well strange reserved man nobody really knew him with these foreigners you know oh he could hear them he passed through the gates of saul's the porter touched his hat the great centre court was shrouded in mist and out of the white veil the grey buildings rose gently on every side there were lights now in the windows the chapel bell was ringing hushed and dimmed by the heavy air boots rang sharply along the stone corridors olva crossed the court towards his room suddenly from the very heart of the mist sharply above the sound of the chapel bell a voice called carfax carfax olva stayed for an instant the blood ran from his body his knees quivered his face was as white as the mist then he braced himself he knew the voice hello craven is that you who's that can't see in this mist dune oh hello dune i say do you know what's happened to carfax happened no why well i can't find him anywhere i wanted to get him for bridge he ought to be back by now back where's he been going over to see some aunt or other at grantchester ought to be back by now an aunt no rose midget no i've no idea haven't seen him since yesterday been out for a walk yes just took my dog for a bit see you in hall right o the voice began again calling under the windows carfax carfax olva climbed the stairs to his room End of chapter one